Hello everyone out there. This is Peter Harris from Commercial Property Advisors, author of the book, Commercial Real Estate Investing for Dummies, and coach and mentor to many commercial real estate investors all across this great nation of ours. The title and subject of today's podcast is Five Rules of Multifamily Insurance. Let's get started. Rule number one is don't be underinsured. So this can be a disaster for you if your building burns down and you have to rebuild it and you don't have enough insurance. And all of this is a miscalculation on the agent's part or your part. So let me give an example. Let's say you have a 12-unit apartment building. Let's say it's total, you know, rebuildable areas, 9,000 square feet, and it burns down. And in today's dollars, I say today, it may be around $300 a square foot to rebuild from the ground up to restore the entire building. So $300 a square foot times 9,000 square feet equals $2.7 million just to build a building and restore everything back up to its former glory. But let's say you got your insurance pre-COVID. And pre-COVID, you were insured for $2 million. So pre-COVID, that was fine. $2 million, it burns down, you can build it back up. As we know, inflation, interest rates, everything has skyrocketed the cost of everything. So if you are insured for $2 million today and it burns down today and it costs you $2.7 million, guess what? You're $700,000 short. And this, we're looking at a foreclosure, total loss on your part because you did not make the phone call to the agent and make sure that you are not underinsured. All you have to do is make the phone call and say, hey, Mr. Agent, can you look at and see if I'm covered for total loss? That's all you have to do. And they will look in their manual and they'll see how much it costs to rebuild, then multiply it by your square footage, and then to update your total loss coverage, and you're covered. It's all it takes. I mention all this as rule number one because this protects you against total loss just in case it happens. And I've seen it happen many times, unfortunately, across the U.S. Now, the reason why I gave this to you is because what I want to do is share with you how to protect yourself against, I would say, the top four reasons to have insurance when you're a multifamily investor. This is from my personal experience dealing with insurance companies for the last 25 years. So I would say these are the top four reasons I would tell one of our students to get insurance and, and, and the reasons why. Number one is natural disaster. Fire, flood, hailstorms, all that you need to be covered. Number two, tenant and employee injury. That happens. That had, You need to be covered for that because you have a lot of unscrupulous tenants or unscrupulous employees that may want to take advantage of you being the rich landlord. Number three, theft by tenant or employee. That happens. Again, these four are from my personal experience. And if you own property long enough, that's going to happen to you. Number four is a discrimination lawsuit. I live here in California. I've seen it happen many times before. And the lawsuit was against a landlord who said something or didn't go through the screening process correctly and denied their application for renting. And next thing you know, they get a letter from an attorney and they win a bunch of money. All right. So either an insurance company pays for this lawsuit or you do. If you have to pay for it and it's in California, that could take you out of the game. Okay. So that's rule number one. Let's go to rule number two. 
Rule number two is general liability coverage. You generally know what that means, right? So it protects you when you're liable against accidents and things like that. But let me just say this. You need to be covered, even if your actions lead to an injury or, or an accident or something, whether it's inadvertent or unintentional, it doesn't matter. You're still liable and you need insurance. So the way to look at multifamily insurances is if you have a 12-unit building with 12 people, at one point, you have potential for 12 lawsuits. That's how you need to look at it, and that's how important it is. So whether these are unintentional or inadvertent, you need coverage for lawsuits, judgments, injuries, negligence, discrimination, to cover the middle bills, and the legal costs. All this needs to be covered on your general liability clause in your, in your insurance premium. Let's go to rule number three. Here we are, rule number three. Here's a scenario. Let's say that you've had a, a fire in the, in the building and you've had to vacate several of the units, so you will not be getting rent for six months or so, so for them to get rebuilt and come back online. So in those six months, you are not receiving rent from those tenants. You need coverage for that. And that coverage is called the business income coverage. It's also sometimes known as business interruption coverage, where it covers your rental income loss, it covers your employee wages, your payroll costs, and sometimes it may even include your mortgage and tax payments. But what to pay attention to here is most times the insurance agent will just put an arbitrary number in there. So they'll ask you, top of your head, you know, what do you want to cover for business income? You give them a number and they'll put a number in there, but most times it's arbitrary. So what I want you to do here is calculate if your building was burnt down for one year, what's your rental income loss for the entire year? What are you paying your employees for the entire year? Calculate, you know, the payroll costs, calculate all of that. Everything, once you, if your business is interrupted for 12 months, what are you going to lose because of that? That's the number you want to include here. So the business income loss is so important. Oftentimes, it's just glossed over. Don't gloss it over. Let's go to rule number four. Rule number four. Okay, these examples are from my personal experience of owning property for, for decades and going through a lot with my insurance companies. This one is rarely spoken about, but you need to have it, and I'll share with you why. Now, rule number four is called ordinance and law endorsement. All it is is they need to add a clause in the insurance policy, okay? And as, as I say here, it's not automatic and should be added. Let me give an example, and you can see the huge importance of it. Let's say that you have a 50-year-old apartment building, okay? It's old. And it was built 50 years ago, so the building codes back then are not as, you know, stringent as they are today, okay? So today's building codes are much more stringent than they were 50 years ago, and rightfully so. So let's say that you have damage to the property. Let's say part of the roof gets blown off. Not the whole roof. Let's say a third of it gets blown off. So are you covered for costs to rebuild to current codes. So how that roof was built and that whole structure is uh, different than it was 50 years ago. So are you covered for costs rebuilt to today's building codes? Most um, insurance companies without this endorsement are not. Okay, so if you have a, if your roof blows off, you don't have this, 
you have to pay to have the building redone up to today's codes. And we're talking tens, if not hundreds of thousands of dollars. And are you covered for an undamaged portion of the building? Let's say part of the roof, like I mentioned, part of the roof gets blown off. Are you covered just for that portion? And are you covered for the demolition of the entire building? What I mean by that is in some cities, when a third of the building is blown off, some cities require you to replace the whole thing. So are you covered for the undamaged portion? Let's say the two thirds of the building, the roof is okay. And some cities want you to clear everything out. Are you covered for that? I'm getting into a lot of particulars with the insurance because they won't pay you if you're not covered for that. Been there, done that. So ordinance and law endorsement is really important and it's just an additional clause they need to add. It doesn't cost a whole lot more to add this, but down the road, it can save you tens if not hundreds of thousands of dollars. Let's go to rule number five. Here is rule number five for multifamily insurance. And sometimes it can be a hidden clause in the insurance policy. And you really need to understand what co-insurance is. It seems like a simple matter, but it's not. Now, I'm going to give you an example so you can understand it in principle. But if you have a current policy, open up your policy and see if you have co-insurance. And if you're getting a new policy, make sure it has it or it doesn't have it. If it doesn't have it, great, and you're clear. Maybe you request one without co-insurance. But let me explain. Rule number five is watch out for the co-insurance clause. I'm going to give you an example. Let's say that you do have a co-insurance clause in your multifamily policy. Let's say it's 100% co-insurance. It can go down, you know, 80, 70. I've seen those before. Let's say I'm going to go to the top level, 100% co-insurance clause in your policy. And let's say your building should be insured for $2 million, but you only have insurance up to $1 million. Okay, let's say uh, it's an older policy and you didn't upgrade it, so you're underinsured by a million dollars, by 50%. Uh, co-insurance will penalize you for that. Let me give an example. Let's say that uh, you have a claim. Let's say that you have a $500,000 insurance claim. Let's say a fire started, so there's smoke damage in the units, and you're going to vacate the tenants, and there's $500,000 in damage there. So because you have co-insurance and you're uninsured by 50%, guess what happens? The insurance company will pay only $250,000 of your $500,000 claim. They call this a 50% co-insurance penalty. So co-insurance is a penalty for being underinsured. So watch out for this in your policy. You don't want it, okay, basically. But sometimes they're adamant to have it. But if you do have it, pay extra, extra attention to make sure you're properly insured. So again, they will only pay half of the claim. Therefore, you will have to come out of pocket the additional $250,000 to correct the building. Ouch. That's a big ouch, all because of a simple clause in a contract that you did not read. So that's really important. So that's rule number five. Watch out for the co-insurance clause. Check it out completely. As I mentioned before, you can take these five rules, write them down, and then examine your own policy. Or if you're brand new and you're getting a policy for the first time, write these five down Take them to your insurance agent. Make sure at the minimum you have these five covered. Now, 
Before I end this, I wanna give you two practical tips and they're really, really quick. Tip number one is if you are a multifamily investor or beginner when you're getting into it, consider not filing a claim if the claim amount is less than $10,000. So let's say you have something minor happen to the building and it costs $10,000 to fix up. Do you really want to file a claim for $10,000? That may seem like a lot of money to you, but most times your deductible is $5,000 or $10,000. So you can make a claim and get no money back. But what's worse that can happen is you're going to get that check mark from the insurance company because every time you make a claim, whether it's $10,000, $5,000, you are that close to being non-renewed. So every time you make a claim, you get closer for them to saying you're too high of a risk. Next year, we're not renewing you. Or they jack up your insurance rate where you can't afford it and you go someplace else anyway. So consider the cost of the damages before you file a claim. Filing it may not be worth it to you. Tip number two, have your renters, okay, the people inside your units, buy renters insurance. And it's only $8 a month and higher. So it's not even that expensive. But what it does is if you have a, a fire in the unit and they have to vacate and they have to go live in a hotel while, you know, you fix up the unit and, and everything on their inside, their personal property is all burnt up because of you, your building burned out, no fault of their own. Your insurance company is going to have to pay for it. So any dollars that your insurance company can save is beneficial to you not getting your rates jacked up or getting canceled by insurance companies. So it reimburses them for their personal property and for temporary housing costs. It reduces your claim for your insurance just in case you have this type of loss. So two quick and very practical tips. All right, everyone. Thank you for joining me again. I really appreciate you hanging out with me and learning about this exciting topic of insurance. If you want to learn more about what we do with our students and how we protect them, go ahead and apply to our Protégé program. If you just want to learn about Commercial More, I have a book called Commercial Real Estate for Beginners. And again, thank you so much for hanging out with me today.